Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to Break the Cycle, the podcast, a podcast where we focus on how we shift from intergenerational trauma to intergenerational abundance. This is season three, episode one, where we're going to be talking about how we can navigate the conversations around trauma at the holiday dinner table. So get ready, make sure that you've got a settled enough nervous system. And if you don't, you can head over to drmariellebouquet.com where I have some resources to help you ground. And there's also my book, which is Break the Cycle, which will be out in just a few weeks. And it's also a healing guide that is available to you for your consumption and for your healing. So without further ado, let's get into season three, episode one, and let's get into some of that family trauma. So in this episode, the very first one of season three of Break the Cycle, we're going to be talking about the family dinner table or like all the things that are likely to happen when you're having conversations with family and especially when trauma is being served. And, you know, many of us always want to get into the meat of it all, (laughs) no pun intended, but we always want to kind of get into what we want to talk about with folks at the dinner table. And a part of that is because we finally have them in front of us. There's opportunity. But most often than not, that opportunity is not one that we want to take, especially when, you know, there's already a lot happening around everybody getting together, probably for the first time in the entire year. And maybe not, but the the family table is definitely one in which a lot of conversations can be ignited that can be disruptive. So I do want to talk about, you know, just acknowledging the fact that this season and the time of year is usually when a lot of people are like having a lot of emotions come up about family. And it is a moment when some people choose to connect, celebrate together. Um, But it's also a season that can come with a set of challenges because there's just so much that probably is bubbling underneath the surface when it comes to people that, you know, love us but have hurt us. So I'm going to take us through five things that I want us to hold in consideration when it comes to family gatherings during this season. And the first of which is our idea that we need to have a perfect holiday, a perfect gathering, perfect conversations, everything tied up in a bow and laid out under the tree with the rest of the presents. And in reality, most often than not, conversations around trauma are actually messy, gunky, muddy, and a hot mess. And they usually don't look like all the nice ideas that we have in our heads about how these conversations could go. And it is especially why they are probably not the best type of conversation to bring to the family table. Now, I do want to acknowledge the fact that there may be some people that have will be around your, you know, family gathering that could be potentially triggering to you. And so if that is the case, I do want to take us into our next point, which is a history of triggers or triggers in your family that are worthwhile acknowledging and even having a cope ahead plan for. So if triggers are a part of what's the general experience that you tend to have in these gatherings because maybe there's a person or some people that trigger you for whatever reason, either because they've 
hurt you in the past or because they are someone who tends to invalidate you or say things that really don't match your values um, or it's someone that uh, you just don't like, right? Whatever your reason, whatever kind of history you may have with this person, the reality is that they are triggering. They present a trigger for you. So if they talk, if they breathe, or even if they like say something that's off-putting, that may mean that your nervous system will go into high alert. And what will likely happen is that you're, you're going to want to defend yourself in that moment, which may look like whatever coping you, you usually default to, whatever your trauma response might be. For me, the, the traditional trauma response that I have gravitated to or defaulted to has always been to fight. I'm a fighter. I'm not a fleer. I go all in, tooth and nail, and just like try to defend myself and go into all of my coping strategies and defenses, um, some that have not been very healthy, very maladaptive coping defenses that I've held on to in the past. And those have been like my way of trying to get, you know, into heavy conversations. But in reality, I have found myself to feel more proud of myself when I instead take care of myself and take care of my nervous system and take care of my emotions rather than jumping into these conversations, knowing that the trigger factor is there. And when it comes to families who have trauma embedded within them, there is this concept that I call the intergenerational nervous system, which is when multiple family members, in essence, trigger each other's nervous system, and you have multiple generations of nervous systems that are interacting with one another, creating this contagion effect of overactive emotions that are boiling up and eventually like, like a volcano erupting. So in order to, in essence, kind of get around that or to help yourself to be steady, um, even if that were to happen and other family members are engaging in the interactions that are typically unhealthy and maybe even predictable for everybody, that you can hold yourself to not being a cycle keeper in those moments and instead break the cycle at least within yourself and just hold yourself steady. You can engage in some nervous system restoration practices either before or during the actual gathering. I would actually even do it before and during and maybe even after. But what can you do, right? You can take a number of deep breaths before you walk in the door. You can make sure that you do something that is important to you to do for your own self-care practice, like maybe even um, engaging in some yoga if your body allows it. While you're there, deep breathing can be very helpful. Tapping can be very helpful. Afterwards, you can do some journaling just to write down how you were feeling throughout the process of engaging with family, what were some things that some people said, how you internalized their perspectives and what you wish to discard and disconnect from to preserve your peace, what you're hoping to take with you from the interactions and just the full gamut of it, right? 
So having a cope ahead plan for the holidays is incredibly, incredibly important. And I can't stress that enough. Many of us just go head deep into the holidays without any kind of real roadmap or at least a loose roadmap or an outline of how we want things to go. And usually when we have a cope ahead plan, we can at least feel a little bit more held by our ideas of how things can go. Because if there's any kind of triggers, then you already have a plan for those triggers. Now, uh, the third point is to acknowledge our grief and loss during this season. Grief and loss can be very heavy during the holidays because the holidays usually is a remembrance of the people that are no longer here. And so whenever we're reminded of their presence and the fact that their presence is no longer a part of our lives, it can bring up a lot of complex emotions and complicated grief. And it can make it so that, you know, navigating the holidays can feel a little bit heavier than what it might. This also is a case for people who are not connected to family members and who feel the loss of connection and love to the individuals that have been a part of their lives and are no longer there um, because they choose not to be there or because they, the person is deciding that they are going no contact and are choosing to no longer have that person in their lives. That also creates an experience of grief and loss. And it also feels uh, really heavy to carry during the holidays. Even if you're interacting with now chosen family and you're engaging with them, it can still feel pretty heavy to know that your family's out there and that you can't really interact with them in the ways that in your heart you desire to because there have been so many fractures that have happened in the relationship that you hold with them. What can help during those moments is to actually have spaces where you can express your grief. It can help to also hold yourself in a lot of compassion for the waves of emotions that will come because grief is a process in which your emotions will surface in ways that you may not expect and they'll surface in waves. So you'll get high intensity at some points and low intensity at others and Grief is about really allowing for the flow of emotions to just be. So if you can allow yourself a moment to just grieve, grieve in spaces that feel safe, grieve in spaces that allow for your full expression of grief without it feeling hindered, then that can be a really healthy way of approaching the holidays if you have an understanding that grief is going to be pretty central for you. Substance use or substance abuse histories that can be present in your family are something to be, to have in consideration for multiple reasons. One, people in your family using substances can be triggering. If you have a substance abuse history yourself, if you're in recovery, if you uh, understand that people using can lead to there being added chaos in the home if people lose their filter whenever they're using substances and that can make it so that the conversations could take a deep dive into the abyss of trauma triggers right and so if you understand that there is going to be uh, an issue with substances being present in the environment that you're engaging in within the holidays 
uh, season, then it, it could serve you well to identify what your limits are going to be, whether it's your own limits with your own consumption, if it's the limits that you set regarding how long you're going to be in whatever environment where there's substances present, um, or if there are other alternatives that you're going to seek out in order to not be present in those environments, that can be a limit as well. So think about that. Think about how substances tie into your family history, how they tie into the holidays, how that ties into your own experience of recovery, if you are in recovery, or your own experiences of triggers, if that's something that's been present, and adjust accordingly in whatever ways you you can. And finally, family secrets. I would urge you to consider what you desire would be the outcome of actually having that dialogue. And to also prepare yourself for the possibility that other people would have a different version of that story than you will. And the invalidation and the gaslighting and the things that can come up. However, if I were to be orienting you around the the, the conversations around family secrets, it would probably not be, a, I would not likely orient you around having it at the holiday table. So those are all of my holiday uh, tips, if you may. And, you know, there are very many more conversations that I'm hoping to have and that I will have on this podcast with my family members and also conversations that I'm going to have with you around Break the Cycle, the book itself. So be sure to tune in for more of these conversations. And if you are hoping to actually dive deeper into your own generational healing, my book, Break the Cycle, is actually available wherever books are sold. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you at the next episode. So there you have it. This was a wonderful episode. I hope that you really enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the vulnerability. I hope that you enjoyed the the actual lessons and the details within. And if you want to get into your own cycle-breaking journey and need the tools for yourself, for your family members, friends, people that you love, then I invite you to buy my book, Break the Cycle, A Guide to Healing Intergenerational Trauma, where you'll be able to guide yourself through the different areas of intergenerational healing and really have a roadmap for the work ahead. I hope that you can hold steady to your heart and that you can feel settled as you navigate these tough terrains of breaking cycles and just know that the work is worthwhile at the end. Thank you for listening and I'll talk to you soon. Thank mm-hmm. you.